Are you dreaming of visiting Switzerland? Planning a trip to Switzerland is very exciting, but it can also be overwhelming. How do you choose which of the many scenic cities, towns and villages to visit? Which mountaintop excursions should you take? And what's the best way to get around Switzerland? And of course, how much of the country can you realistically see within your time frame? If you've asked yourself any of these questions, this is the podcast for you. This is the Holidays to Switzerland travel podcast, and in each episode, your host Carolyn Schonefinger chats with Swiss travel experts to answer your most commonly asked questions, provide practical tips, and take you on a virtual visit to the most popular destinations, and of course some hidden gems, to help you plan your dream trip to Switzerland. And you'll hear plenty of conversations about Swiss cheese and chocolate too. Are you ready to plan your trip to Switzerland? Well, let's get started. Welcome to episode 41. Have you considered taking a family trip to Switzerland? If you're planning a trip with young children, or perhaps a multi-generation trip, you may have some concerns as to how it will all work so that everyone stays happy. For instance, how will you choose an itinerary that suits the interests and physical abilities of every family member? Will there be enough sights and attractions to keep the children amused? And what if they need some time to burn off some energy? And how easy is it to travel around Switzerland with children and elderly grandparents? I'm fortunate to have visited Switzerland many times with my children when they were young. And we also did a multi-generation trip with my parents, my husband and our kids, who were young adults by then. So I know firsthand the concerns that you might have when considering such a trip. Today's guests, Brenda Powell and her daughter-in-law, Chelsea Powell, have recently returned from Switzerland, where they enjoyed a wonderful vacation with four generations of their family. I met them virtually in the Switzerland Travel Planning Facebook group and followed along with interest as they posted photos in the group during their trip. So rather than me sharing my thoughts on family travel, I invited Brenda and Chelsea onto the podcast to tell us all about their trip and how they planned their itinerary to suit every family member from age 3 to 80. Before we hear from Brenda and Chelsea, I'd like to give a shout out to the sponsors of the podcast, Switzerland Tourism. You can visit their website, myswitzerland.com, for travel information and inspiration. And remember, if you've been working too hard or you need a break, you need Switzerland. Now, let's hear from Brenda and Chelsea. Hello, Brenda and Chelsea. Thank you very much for being on the show. It's wonderful to finally meet you after having uh, spoken or um, corresponded with you in the Facebook group uh, before and after your trip. Yeah, hi. Hi, Carolyn. Thank you so much. This is so exciting. It's wonderful to have you here. Now, just so we can get to know you both a little bit better, um, could you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Um, and was this your first trip to Switzerland or are you frequent travellers? Um, yeah, just share a little bit about yourselves. Okay, so I'll go first. I'm Chelsea and I'm married and I have three kids under nine. Um, I reside in San Diego, California, and I've traveled quite a bit here in the U.S. And I've done some international travel as well. 
But this was my first trip to Switzerland and my first international trip with my kids. Okay. And what about you, Brenda? Okay, I'm Brenda and I'm 62 years old. I'm married um, 39 years to my husband, David. And I was able to make a trip to Switzerland with my dad, my sister, her friend, my daughter, her husband, my son, and daughter-in-love, Chelsea, with our three beautiful grandchildren. This was my first trip to overseas and to Switzerland. My sister is a yoga instructor and an athlete. Her friend went with us, and she's a realtor. Our daughter is a data analyst and a GIS mapper. Her husband is a wildlife biologist, and I am a dental receptionist. All of us love the outdoors and are experienced travelers. Wow, there's some combination of, um, of <laughs> skills there. Yeah. Now, I think there's quite an interesting story about your the reason that you actually went to Switzerland. So who would like to tell me about that? So it was actually a dream of my husband's grandfather to go. And my husband's sister and her husband gifted him the trip for his 80th birthday. Um, then COVID happened, so that all kind of got put on a delay. Um, but then they found these really great price on flights, and they asked the whole family if anyone else was interested in going. This was um, in the middle of 2021. And they... Um, it was just such a good opportunity that everyone was kind of like, well, we can't pass this up. Like we have to go. How could we pass up a great price on tickets to Switzerland with the whole family? So um, that's kind of how we all ended up going. Wow. So correct me if I'm wrong, but they were all together. There was eight adults and three children. Yes. Actually, originally there were 13 of us. And then my daughter and her husband found out they're expecting triplets. Oh, they, wow. they were the ones that were gifting my dad to go to Switzerland. And because they're expecting tri triplets, they had to back out of the trip. So Chelsea and I became the, the coordinators of the trip and got it together. Um, so there are 11 of us that ended up going from age 80 to age three. Wow. Well, I think having triplets is probably a pretty good excuse for not going to, to Switzerland. Yeah. yeah. Now, I'd like to chat about your itinerary in more detail shortly, but can you just give us a bit of a quick overview of the cities and the towns that you stayed in um, during the trip? Um, yeah, sure. So we um, we travelled around a little bit. Our when we first came in, we stayed in Zurich and we stayed in Zurich for a couple nights. Then we made our way to Interlaken and we stayed in Interlaken for, was it three nights, Brenda? Yeah. So that was kind of the main home base for a lot of the trip. And from Interlaken, we went to several other towns um, and then made our way back to Zurich and then part of the group flew back home to the States. And my husband and my kids and I actually stayed for a few more days. And we ended up going to Grendelwald okay. to oh. stay as well. 
Lovely. Yeah. So how did you get around uh, when you're in Switzerland, Brenda? Well, primarily we used the Swiss travel pass and went on the trains. Um, we did use the trams and, uh, of course, gondolas up to Matterhorn. Uh, there were buses. So we just took advantage of the transportation system, which was excellent. I was I was really amazed at how efficient it is, how precise it is. Um, we were able to purchase a Swiss travel pass early in the summer that was 25% off. So we took advantage of a promo um, a deal, and then our whole family went on and did that. I'm so glad we did because travel was a not, as far as expense, was non-existent once we had that tri- uh, travel pass. It actually allows you to get into some, uh, like the when we went up to the Matterhorn, it allows you to get discount tickets on that as well. Okay, and how did you find it with with such a large group of people and obviously people of all ages and and children and getting on and off uh, with your luggage? Was that easy enough or did that sort of, you know, create a bit of stress at times? I think initially just learning how the platforms work and the times the trains leave, it's on military time, so you have to learn that in the United States. We use AM, PM, so it's a little bit different. but my dad, he's 80, and he, he knew military time, so he's military. So he was actually the most uh, acclimated to it, so we really enjoyed that. Um, but as far as the kids getting on, I was concerned most about my, my dad and the kids, and everybody just knew that once that door opened, you got on, find a place for your luggage. It was very easy. Uh, we learned right away that you don't speak a lot on the trains. You're kind of quiet kept your mask on everybody was real um, good about that but that getting on and getting off uh, you know that as soon as you're getting close to that station that you stand up and get your things together and go off I was excited that there were coat little hooks that you could put right over your shoulder you could hang your coat plenty of room to put your bag your backpack and then your luggage real easy yeah good and I bet the children enjoyed um, going on the trains too yeah, my kids loved it. My youngest always asked to sit by the window whenever we got on. And some of the trains have the family area on the trains. So they loved that when they got to kind of run around and be a little bit louder on the train instead of being in the quieter areas. So, but getting on and off was pretty, pretty easy with them for the most part, as long as they were paying attention (laughs) and um yeah they really liked it yeah good all right so i'd love to hear more about your itinerary um, in a bit more detail and and what you did in each place so let's start at the beginning with zurich where where you flew into how many nights uh yeah remind us how many nights you stayed there and and what did you see and do whilst you were in zurich When we first arrived in Zurich, it was late in the afternoon, about four, so the sun was getting ready to set, and we decided to, some of them went off on a little walk and and took off. We, uh, Grandpa and I just stayed in the hotel and stayed put and had a little bit of a, in in the hotel, just a little uh, something to eat. And what did you guys do the first night, Chelsea? We went to the grocery store. So my husband took the kids to the hotel to get them cleaned up and kind of ready for bed. 
And I went to the grocery store and, and got all the necessary supplies for dinner and the next day for going out. And then the next morning we woke up pretty early and then we walked into Zurich. We, it was really easy from our hotel. We could walk right down to the train station and get right on the train. And it took us right into Zurich. So it's super simple. Um, we went to Zurich and we walked the old, old Zurich, went down into a park. We found a lovely park. And my sister, because she's yoga, she started doing all kinds of yoga poses by the trees. And grandpa enjoyed walking through the park. That was one of my precious times is just walking with him, his dream coming true. He's finally in Zurich um, in Switzerland, and he's just looking at these big, massive trees and realize, and it's all autumn, so the trees were losing their leaves and beautiful colors, old buildings, churches, and he just is enchanted. So just taking in his, what he was seeing was brings me tears because I yeah. see him just sitting there enjoying it. Yeah. Very special. Yeah. And Chelsea, what did you and your family do? We walked around and explored. Um, we ended up going into one of the old churches. I think it's Gross Monster. And my youngest actually wanted to climb the tower, um, which goes up quite high and, I didn't realize that at first, but um, we we made the trek up there. She was very committed to going all the way up. It was a lot of stairs. But when we got up there, it was so worth it because you can see the whole city from up there. And it was such a beautiful view of, you know, the middle of Zurich. So that was a really special memory for Marie. Um, just being able to do that with her and have that time and see the city from that perspective. So, yeah, we've kind of just wandered and, you know, got some walking in after the long plane ride. Yeah. And that's um, often like just the best way to sort of get over any jet lag or and, and to acclimatize yourself to a new time zone too, just to just to wander and, and go where where the mood takes you. Yes. That morning, my daughter and son-in-law had got up at four because we're still on California time. So because they woke up so early, they went into old Zurich before the sunrise and they were right on the river and they took a beautiful video and photos of the actual river and the old churches. The bells were going off and here's the sun was coming up right over the whole city. It was gorgeous. And they shared those pictures with us. That was one of the most amazing things is just being able to be in such a an amazing, expansive place. But then we would go walking and I heard the grandkids say, Nana. And next thing I looked over and there they all are right by the river having a little snack. And so we all joined them. So even though we were doing a little bit of our own thing, we would come together, find each other. And it was a, that was a lot of fun. Okay, so after Zurich, you moved on to Interlaken. <clears throat> yes. Um, and so you stayed there for three nights. Mm-hmm. And um, did you spend the whole time in the Jungfrau region or did you do some uh, some day trips away from there? We did do some trips. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think one day uh, you mentioned that you spent uh, around Lauterbrunnen. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what, what did you do there? So kind of the same thing. We wandered around a little bit. Um, once we got there, the group kind of split because there were some people that wanted to do a longer hike and some people that just wanted to see some of the buildings. So we kind of just wandered around, um, but saw the beautiful waterfalls and, um, my kids saw a playground. So they were just completely excited to see a playground and get to play and, um, just to be in that beautiful place with the mountains around it and the waterfalls and they're just playing. Um, so that's kind of what we did. And then Brenda, when we got there, where did you wander off to? We ended up going back to the Stubbock fall and seeing the beautiful majestic waterfall there. And then down below there were cows and they were just grazing, but there was a beautiful fountain there and there are fountains all over Switzerland where you could fill up your water bottles and just continue hiking. So the, we ended up watering these cows, taking a big bucket that was right there, almost like it was invite invitation to water the cows. So we, uh, my son-in-law noticed that the cows were thirsty. So he filled up this bu- big bucket. The kids just watched that, put the water over the fence and watched the the cows drink the water and we had a lot of photos of that it was really special and the youngest granddaughter she's three she just put her hand over the fence and started petting the cow and it was just a really sweet time to watch them then we walked back into the valley some more there was a beautiful church in the village of Lauterbrunnen and we went into it most of the churches are open in Switzerland so you could just walk in peaceful time to just sit in and take in that that was one of the most beautiful places I think I was in is uh, just going into the churches but as we walked back to the valley my sister would meet people and she would ask their little story and they would share and she met these little couple they were like 80 walking along and she they were in the village and she asked their if she could take their picture. So she had a picture with them, of people that she had actually met and got their story. And it was just a really sweet documentary of her visit. All along the way, she would talk to people and get their pictures, ask them permission to take their picture with her. So in along, along with all the different photos we have, we have pictures of her with these people that she would meet and their stories. We walked back to the back of the, as we're going through the valley, there was a library full of homemade soap and homemade cheeses and fudge. And you open this little door and by honor system, you put your funks in there and just pay for whatever you took out. And I make homemade soap. So it was like a gift. I just thought this is so amazing to have soap that's made right there in Lauterbrunnen. Um, and we continued to walk back. I think that day my Fitbit blew up because I had like three <laughs> times the amount of steps uh, that I normally bet do on average. But it was a beautiful, beautiful day. A lot of walking, but it, you don't even know that you're doing it because you're just drinking water and walking and talking and visiting. So, so beautiful. Very nice. So you were back to uh, stay in Interlaken that night. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next day, I think you went somewhere pretty special. 
where was that? We did. The next day is when we went to Zermatt and we went to the Matterhorn. Mm -hmm. So Um, obviously you went by train. Do you remember how long it took you? I honestly don't remember. It it wasn't that long. I think for anyone listening who who's interested, I think it's uh, without looking it up about two and a half hours. Two two hours, two and a half hours. Yeah. Okay, so I was definitely to, definitely a, a doable day trip. Yeah, it was very doable. Um, most of my time sequences for the trip is measured in how many snacks we went through <laughs> as we were waiting to get to the destination. <laughs> Um, because my kids would just eat snacks the whole time. Um, but yeah, so we went to the Matterhorn and that was amazing. So we went up to Glacier Paradise and walked all through and saw the sculptures and everything there. And my kids were really excited about the slide. So inside Glacier Paradise is a slide, um, but they were running around a little too much in there. And so they started to get affected from um, the altitude. <laughs> so that's a good reminder. If you're on the Matterhorn with young kids, try to keep them from running around too much because they might start to just not feel super awesome. Um, but once we started to head back down, they felt fine. So yeah, good. And did you have much time then to spend uh, looking around Zermatt itself? We did, actually. Um, I was going to just share about going up to Matterhorn. Grandpa actually got on that, the gondola, and went all the way up. And he was amazed at all the beauty. Uh, there were, One of the skiers on the gondola going up said we had chose one of the very best days. that he And he skied since he was little the Matterhorn and he was in his 30s so he said you come up on one of the nicest days that I've ever been up here so it was beautiful but grandpa enjoyed it when we went back down that we ended up having dinner down there and just going into the some of the shops Um, my sister had the idea of buying Swiss knives for everybody that was on her little list and we found these little Swiss nail clippers made really good gifts as uh, coming back we went to a chocolate shop. Chelsea found some really good chocolate there. Um, lots of shops, and it's a little bit more touristy, but it was so beautiful. And, in fact, my son-in-law said if he could stay anywhere a little bit longer, he would have stayed in Zermatt and take advantage of more of the hikes and all. But Well, that sounds like it was a, a really, really fun day out. And then I think the next day you also uh, did a bit of an excursion. Where was that to? We went to Montreux. So that was a longer train ride. I think it's about three and a half hours, I want to say. Um, so we went to Montreux. The train ride is beautiful, though. So all along the way, you go by lakes and just the towns you see. It was really neat. Um, and then we ch- did the tour for uh, Chiang, which is also covered by the Swiss Travel Pass, which is really nice. Um, so we did that and I was surprised how interested my kids were in it. I knew they liked castles. Um, it is quite a bit of walking though. It's very extensive. You can see every bit of the castle and I was surprised how interested they were in it. And my middle child, who's five, had the audio guide 
And she was like every single thing. She wanted to listen to it. She wanted to know where we were and follow along. So they really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, it was a lot of walking for my youngest, who's three. Um, but we had a carrier so we could carry her for part of the time. And then she was, she was good to go. Um, and I think it was a little too much walking for grandpa. So he found a nice little area to sit and watch people and look out at the lake. Okay, so, so that, from from Montreux Station to get to Xion Castle, did you take um, a local train or, or a bus, or, you, or did you walk along the promenade? We took um, a to bus. Get, yeah. Yeah, and the bus took about a half hour to get, maybe not that long, but with all the stops. Uh, but at the actual train station to where you board the train or the board the bus is very short. So it's super easy to go. Mm-hmm. Good signage. Um, grandpa felt, we all felt really safe and real, like if you follow the direction, you know exactly where to get off. Okay. It's super easy. Right. Good. And yeah. did you have uh, any other time to have a look around in Montreux? Yeah, so one of my bucket list things has always been to go to a European Christmas market. And it worked out that that was the first weekend the Montreux Christmas market opened. So we were able to go to that and it was so fun. It was just beautiful with the shops and the food, the whole atmosphere. It was just really fun. Wonderful. And what, what did you like most about the market, uh, Brenda? Well, my, my goal was to get some Christmas decorations for the tree that were actually made in Switzerland. And just seeing the craftsmanship of the, the cutout, cutaways of the wood ornaments and wood, wood pieces. Um, I was able to visit with some of the art, artists and they were, it was just really beautiful, but the food was good. We had some of the, mold cider or what was it called the glue one yes glue one so i was introduced to glue one and they gave you little cups that were actually souvenirs from the montreux christmas market so we brought those home and chelsea actually made glue one for our swiss fondue at christmas this year when we came home so that was a nice tradition yeah Um, very special memory so back to Interlaken for your, your final night there. And then um, you were back to Zurich because uh, I know some of your group were flying home. Did you have much more time to spend in Zurich that day? Well, before we went to Zurich, Chelsea and the group went up to Jeanfra and Grandpa and I and my sister decided to get back to Zurich. So we stopped in Bern. On the way, he wanted schnitzel, so we ended up finding a really good restaurant to have schnitzel. It was a Sunday, and not a lot of restaurants are open on Sunday, but you do a little research and you can find that. Uh, We locked our luggage in the train station at a locker, and it was super easy. That was a good way for Grandpa. They They had different sizes, so we were all able to share one big locker and save a save money there. The train station in Zurich, no, in Bern, is like a shopping mall. So you can do some shopping as well and get a few more souvenirs. The We took a taxi 
the one time took a taxi to the place, the restaurant. And I'm glad we did because somebody had said it was like a half hour. Most everybody rides bikes. So a half hour to them on a bike is not much, but <laughs> we, it was on the other side of town. So we ended up taking the taxi, found the place to eat lunch and had a wonderful lunch with my sister and my dad while the rest of them traveled to Jean Fra, I think. Oh, right. Good. So, Chelsea, tell us about your uh, excursion then up to the to the Jungfrau. So, we actually stayed in Grindelwald. We found an apartment to stay in there that was beautiful and perfect for our family to start to slow down after the quick pace of the group travel. And it looked out at all the mountains there, so it was great, and it was really close to. Um, the station with the gondolas to go up from Grindelwald to the different mountains. Um, we went up to the Eiger and it was a beautiful day. It was really clear and we were able to see, you know, everything because it was perfectly clear. And the gondola going up there is really neat because it's panoramic. So you can just see everything as you're going up. And the kids were just like amazed being able to look down and look all around. And then when we got up there, there was snow. So being from where we are by the ocean, they were really excited to see snow. (laughs) And so they just played and played and played in the patches of snow that they found up there. And we came back down and we were really glad we had gone up that day because the next day it wasn't clear. Um, but we ended up walking around Grindelwald that day and exploring and found another playground that they played at and had just a great time and, um, you know, visited the grocery stores because when we were in the apartment, we were able to cook all of our meals. So we got one of the like fondue kits which was great. It was super delicious from the grocery store and made that at our apartment. And yeah, so we just kind of wandered around Grindelwald, which was really kind of storybook when it was not as clear because you have all the rolling hills and then kind of the the haze. So it was kind of like being in a movie, <laughs> which was fun. Yeah, and a nice, um, a nice sort of, place just to be able to as you said relax and and yeah. ease off after the the busy time you'd had traveling with all yeah the yeah Grindelwald was our favorite place that we visited okay yeah. so how difficult was it to plan an, your itinerary initially so that you know it's it suited all different ages and and I assume different interests as well how did how did you go about doing that well Chelsea and I are good planners. We're administrators. We have the gift of planning and administration. And then Laura, my daughter, who is the GIS mapper and the analyst, data analyst, between all three of us, I think we just had like a home run with planning. Um, Be Using technology, of course, you can use the Google Doc, and we shared that. So we typed in all of our itinerary ideas, and so everyone would continue to share on it. 
um, the discoveries we made along the way. We use Marco Polo a lot and just back and forth talking at when we had time because we're all three busy. So Marco Polo allows you, allows you to talk and share what you discover and then the other person can communicate when they have time and you see it all together. So it's not a live live feed, but it's like this where you can sit back and talk to each other. Google Maps, which is amazing, before they cut it out just a little bit, but we put our itinerary on Google Maps, and you could link the the place and then actually all the information about that place and then where you want to visit. And um, We also use, the, of course, the Holidays to Switzerland podcast, um, Facebook site, Switzerland Travel Planning Group with you, Carolyn. So all of those were priceless. And then Chelsea just would go beyond that and find she found your podcast. So that kind of got us kicked off uh, to starting some good planning, but also videos. Um, Rick, you know, a lot of the different videos, YouTube, you can find on Switzerland, just doing as much research. We love that was part of the trip was the planning was it made an amazing part. We enjoyed that a lot. So did you ask for for all the other uh, family members that were coming along, did you ask them, you know, what what they wanted to get out of the trip? Did they have any, you know, must-see things? And then you, you tried to match all that together so you could fit everything in? We did, yeah. We, we kind of asked everyone if they had at least, like, three things that were really important to them that they experienced. So either somewhere they went or something they saw or even something they wanted to eat as far as, you know, part of that whole experience. So after talking to everyone and kind of figuring out what that looked like, um, you're able to kind of match some of that up. And then usually there's way more things than are actually possible. <laughs> But so being able to try to pare things down to leave some space to be a little bit flexible, you know, depending on weather, especially because the time of year that we were visiting, you don't know if it's going to be raining that day or, or not. So being flexible as far as weather and just, um, leaving space too to where people could do things that they wanted to do that the group didn't have to necessarily be together the whole time. People could rest if they wanted to rest. People could go, you know, walk around and just everyone kind of gave each other the freedom to do that, which made that easier. And we talked about that beforehand. Yeah, I think that's really important, isn't it? Because if, yeah. if you all go there with the expectation that you know, someone might want to have a couple of hours to themselves doing their own thing or just resting, then no one else gets offended if, if that actually happens. Yeah. And the planning part was really fun too for me with the kids because they got to be a part of all of that and get used to the idea of traveling and where we were going beforehand, kind of like helping them practice because they were looking at the different foods and we were listening to, um, you know, learning phrases in German and, um, you know, in French, different, the different languages in Switzerland and learning the different areas and what, what the train map looks like. So that made it really fun with them beforehand too. Yeah. Excellent. And, 
Now, you mentioned that you'd stayed in an apartment in Grindelwald, but when the whole group was travelling together, what style of accommodation did you use? So we stayed in a couple different places. We stayed in a hotel in Zurich, and then in Interlaken, it was a bed and breakfast, and it was wonderful. The people that own that place were very sweet. And then... Um, they stayed in a hotel again, going back to Zurich, and we stayed in the apartment in Grindelwald. Okay. So did you find find it difficult uh, booking enough rooms for everyone at, at the same place? No, my daughter um, and her son, my son-in-law, they actually are part of the group of the hotel we stayed at. So they were able to get discounts for that hotel. Is there already um, like executive members or something? So that made it easy. So my daughter and son-in-law are vegan, and they were able to find a B&B in Interlaken that was one of the most sustainable, like, energy and vegan um, uh, B&Bs. My dad wasn't so sure about that, but when we did go, their uh, breakfast was excellent and had lots of choices. We had muesli, and we had um, all kinds of good healthy breakfast and when we had stopped put a little bit more in our packs during the day and take it with us to snack on but they were very gracious and then they had an open area upstairs that allowed us to come in a common room and enjoy coffee and tea and uh, gingerbread and chocolate together in the mornings Um, so that was easy to find because she had done research through the internet and found um, that that you can do a lot of research about their ratings and their you know get information that way they were really good because we did call them and they accommodated all of us uh, very easily in fact we were one of the first groups to go on travel after covid kind of the opening of switzerland again we were the first group to book the interlock and bnb and we had the whole whole Airbnb, the B&B by ourselves, the whole chalet was ours. So we felt like super guests. You know, they were very, (laughs) we were well catered to. (laughs) Oh, wonderful. Now, um, Chelsea, I'd like to ask you, was there anything about Switzerland that really surprised you? Um, The thing that surprised me the most was, um, I think there was two things. One, just the transportation, it didn't surprise me because that's what I've heard, especially listening to your podcast. There's been such good episodes about the transportation, um, but it really is so easy to get around. And that didn't surprise me, but it was just, I was kind of in awe of it. But the water, the water fountains everywhere um and just the water everywhere so being from a kind of a desert climate where we live um water is very scarce and so traveling somewhere where there's just water everywhere lakes and waterfalls and fountains it's just incredible it's like everything's green and um my eyes were just like i can't believe all the water (laughs) 
And, and what about for you, Brenda? What what was there that, that surprised you? It, it kind of goes with with what Chelsea said. But we grow up where or we live where there's one big mountain near us, and the highest peak is about five thousand feet. So to go to Switzerland and the whole topography is just Alps and mountains and majestic mountains and cliffs, but realizing those trains and that whole system is able to go over through under around and and travel anywhere in the in that country really easily within a few hours it's just amazing to me yes it's it's a excellent system and the engineering that's gone into building some of those tunnels and rail bridges it's just astounding isn't it now, I'm going to ask you both in a moment to share your some of your most memorable moments with us, but I just wanted to ask you, with Grandpa turning, it was his 80th birthday gift, did Switzerland live up to his expectations? Absolutely. He was so happy, um, worn out, <laughs> you know, just took it all in. I was amazed. He was walking three miles a day to prepare for this at the gym since about six months before the trip. And so he was athletically, physically, mentally, physically, everything ready to go. Um, he was the most prepared. Uh, he had his uh, TSA pre-check and the Swiss COVID pass and all the things that he had to get. You would think for an 80-year-old would have been difficult. He had his passport renewed. Um, a lot of things he was just uh, in the forefront with. So he really did set the pace for all of us. He's not as um, techno technology advanced. So that was difficult a little bit. But when he came back, I said, would you do it again? And he said he wouldn't do it again, but he absolutely loved every second. It just lived up to all of his expectations. Yeah. And how special it would have been like to have so many family members there. Like that's, that's just amazing. I've, I've uh, been lucky enough to be on a visit to Switzerland with my parents and my husband and, and our children and and just to have those those memories that you can talk about, you know, it's so special and I imagine for, for your dad it, it's exactly the same. Yeah, he he loves it still. He follows your page and once in a while I see it. It's funny because he'll comment on somebody like he's an expert now and I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Oh, I love it. <laughs> I wonder if he's the old oldest member of the of the page. <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's that's wonderful. So Chelsea, what were the what were some of the highlights or the memorable moments that that you have from your your visit? I think the memorable moments for me were meal times. Um, just experiencing the different foods, but also being together and talking about the day. Um, either before it starts at breakfast or what we did once we hit dinner, um, riding on the trains, seeing everything. I love riding on trains and that's not something we have around here at all. Um, and my kids were just, you know, they were just like nothing they had ever done before. So they were just constantly amazed. And that was really fun and special to see. Um, going up to the Eiger in the, that beautiful gondola. Um, my kids playing in the snow 
because they just, that was everything they had wanted on the trip. They just kept saying, we want to play in snow, you know, <laughs> and they'd see snow off in the mountains. And when we went up to the Matterhorn, there wasn't really a place where we were to for them to do that. So when we went up on the Eiger and they just could go for it, they were so excited. Um, and just the feel and the beauty of Grindelwald. It just has such a relaxing atmosphere and being able to just look out and experience that and slow down and relax was a really special time for us. Okay. Yeah. And and what stood out for you, Brenda? Oh, there were so many moments. It was so amazing. But the one thing that I realized at the very beginning when everybody was taking pictures of everything, we're all kind of in the same group still watching. And I, I was taking some pictures and I looked around. I said, you know what? There are 22 eyes seeing everything and they're taking it all in. So if just my two eyes were able to see certain things, I just realized 22 eyes were seeing and taking in everything. And that really was reflective of our trip. We had so many more experiences to share. So when we sat down and had meals, we went to one really special Hirsch in Interlaken and had dinner together, a traditional Swiss dinner with fondue and um, watching my grandson just pile this big old mound as big as his head of bread, dip bread and cheese. And he had his own fondue pot. You know, our, our, our house, they have to share fondue with every, the whole family, but he ordered his own fondue pot and his eyes were just as big as saucers and he was so happy. He did eat some of it, but I think there was more on his plate than he ate. That was a special memory. And then the moment we, grandpa and I walked through that park in Zurich and just shared and there were some pictures of him just walking ahead of us and we took pictures of him. It is beautiful. I was thinking, you know, that's just reflection reflection of his life. So, um, yeah, just the the uh, moments we got to talk together and share together the stories we would have. Enjoyed so many more stories. I found out about my grand my dad a lot more. Why he wanted to go. Him and my mom, when they were married, worked at Swiss Park here in San Diego, and they couldn't go on a honeymoon when they were married. So they had their honeymoon at a Swiss park and the Swiss people here in San Diego were so cordial, so, so friendly. And he loved them so much. They would tell stories about Switzerland and he always wanted to go. And that was how it started. So those memories, just knowing stories. Yeah. yeah. So sweet. Yeah. Beautiful. Now, do you have any tips uh, that you'd like to share with other listeners? If they're, planning either a, a trip with their own children or with a multi-generational sort of trip, what tips would you give to people? I kind of interviewed the whole group and put together a little collage of what they said. So this reflects all of us, not just Chelsea and I, and she may have more to share, but um, get all the travel apps and one placed on your phone, like SBB Mobile, that's the train app that was so helpful a translate app just to kind of understand some of the words, um, Google map, maybe your itinerary webcams to kind of check out what the tops of these mountains look like when you get ready to go weather and we put all the cities in our weather and just, I could click on one screen and see all the cities and what their weather was for towns for that day. 
um, Rail Europe, COVID certificate, currency. Um, we used Zoom meetings to plan, uh, realizing, kind of learning. I think one of the things that would have helped us is to learn the train system and how it works, how to read the boards and understand the platforms and how to get over. You know, it's really easy, but the first couple days is like you're in a learning mode and trying to learn all this. My son was really good at interpreting what, where to go zone A or zone one or zone two on the train. We'd find ourselves in a train um, door that was intended for first class and we're like we got to go back to the back so just understanding that a little bit more and the travel wi-fi was was really helpful for us because we could get have all of our um, we did a lot of facetime and real-time video back to the states and with the wi-fi you could do real time to everybody they enjoyed that mm. okay good and chelsea do you have anything else to add yeah, so mine's probably a little more um, travel with kids focused. And one of the things is just to make sure you have a lot of snacks, <laughs> which is just the case in general with kids, I think. Um, but lots of snacks and the right clothing, and the kids could really um, accomplish a lot. So that was helpful. Um, involving them in the planning, kind of like I said before, of showing them videos of the places we're going to, talking about the food, kind of getting them excited about what they're about to experience, um, looking for parks um, in the areas that we went to was a huge mood booster for them because, you know, the, the kids... Sitting on a train and everything's fun, but at some point they start to get kind of worn out from that. And so being able to find places they could kind of just be free and they could be loud, you know, was, was great for them. Um, I got some books from our local library, so they would look through at what we were going to be doing or where we were going. And that was helpful. Um, listening to some of the language podcasts in the car. So it was just a fun way for them to get involved listening to this podcast in the car as well. So they could hear about, you know, everything with where we were going that just um, solidified for them like, oh, this is an actual place, <laughs> you know, because for them, it's hard to imagine somewhere they haven't been. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing, actually, I didn't ask you before when we were talking about traveling on the trains with the children. What did you do with um, them for for their luggage? Did they did they each have their own little uh, backpack, or did you just pack all their their clothing in in your your luggage? So we did all carry on. Um, so we didn't have any really large pieces of luggage, um, but we packed um, light. <laughs> to be able to combine things. So we originally started with backpacks, like everyone had backpacks, um, but the kids weren't doing super great, always about being able to carry um, some of their stuff. So the younger ones, we already had their stuff in our packs, but still we just ended up with um, too many items for carrying. <laughs> um, so we actually ended up buying a Swiss souvenir when we got to Zurich, which we bought some two small rolling 
bags. And that was a lifesaver. The two small rolling bags, being able to roll those and put backpacks on top of them. Um, once we had those, getting on and off trains, getting through the cities and everything was much, much easier. So I recommend at least a couple rolling bags <laughs> if you're traveling with kids. Yeah. Great tip. All right. Well, thank you so much, ladies, for sharing all about your very special trip uh, with us. I'm sure that the other listeners out there will um, have found plenty of useful uh, information from what, what you've shared with us today. Have we got any plans for future visits to Switzerland? Both Chelsea and I are dreaming of going back. You know, yeah. there's it really puts it in your – you've got it – in your taste buds and you're like, I want more. I want more. <laughs> it's so beautiful. You just so many places to see. We, we saw a few places, but we discovered er, there are just a lot of amazing destinations to be had. So yeah, mm-hmm. we're kind of like you, Carolyn. It's just kind of got addicted to it. <laughs> it's very addictive. <laughs> yeah. But it sounds like from the, the little, um, you know, amount of time that you were able to spend there that you certainly made the most of it and, and you saw some of the most special places that there are in Switzerland. So yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure that um, was a, a great temptation to, um, to go back and see more. Yes, very much. Well, thank you very much again. It's uh, been wonderful chatting to you. Thank, thank you, you, Carolyn. You're, a, you're lovely. Thank you so much. <laughs> Bye-bye. What great advice from Chelsea and Brenda. I hope their tips and experiences have convinced you that a trip to Switzerland with children or a multi-generational trip is doable. By asking each family member what places they most wanted to visit, they were able to plan an itinerary that covered everyone's needs. Importantly, too, they agreed in advance that not everyone was obliged to join in every activity or excursion. This is so important when you have travelling companions of all ages and interests, and especially when you're travelling with children. I could really relate to Chelsea's story about the joy her kids got from finding a playground. When my boys were young, we often found ourselves at a Swiss playground so they could kick a ball around for an hour. Honestly, there were things I would much rather have been doing, but if that's all it took to keep the kids happy and make everyone have an enjoyable holiday, it was well worth it. Involving her children in the planning and piquing their interest of Switzerland through books and food, and even this podcast, was another way that Chelsea was able to make the trip special for her children. The memories that all 11 members of the Powell family made on this trip will last with them for a lifetime, and how special that Brenda's dad, at 80 years of age, was able to achieve his lifetime dream with so many family members. Beautiful memories indeed. You'll find a list of all the places mentioned today in the show notes, which you can see at holidaystoswitzerland.com forward slash episode 41. I'll also include a link to our detailed guide on planning a trip to Switzerland. It's just what you need to start planning your family vacation to Switzerland. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on your favourite podcast app. You can also subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening. Until next time, tschüss!
If you'd like more great resources to help you plan your dream trip to Switzerland, there are lots of ways to connect with us. Visit our website, holidaystoswitzerland.com, sign up for our monthly newsletter, or join our friendly, helpful community of past and future travellers in our Switzerland travel planning group. You'll also find the links to connect with us in the show notes for this episode. Show notes and a list of all previous episodes are available at holidaystoswitzerland.com slash podcast. Don't miss out on your fortnightly dose of Swiss travel inspo. Hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave a rating. That's all for this edition of the Holidays to Switzerland Travel Podcast. Thanks for joining us and happy travel planning.